Welcome everybody to episode 10 of Talkin' Schmodown. That's right, we've been rolling for 10 episodes and I am so excited to bring to you the week in the Schmodown. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog. We had a lot of stuff go down this week. Uh, we had a Twitter feud go on. We have some uh, some news from Christian via Collider Live. We had a great episode of Inside Schmodown with Stacy Howard. Then we had two great matches from the Schmodown Throwdown that took place uh, last Saturday, or uh, uh, the Saturday before last, on the 23rd. And so those matches were the Odd Couple versus the Scream Queens, and Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel Cushing. I will dive into all of those in just a minute, because we are talking Schmodown. Alright, welcome back everybody. I'm excited to get into everything. Uh, I'm just going to kind of dive right into it. This past week we had a big Twitter feud go on between the Urban Gladiator, Jay Washington, and newcomer, Kevin the Smasher Smets. Uh, apparently, I mean, I, a whole bunch of stuff. Go on and check on their, uh, their, their Facebook or their Twitter feeds. A whole bunch of stuff was said. Uh, essentially, they challenged one another to uh, intergeek to match. Like I said, a lot of stuff was said. Uh, Smets's manager Kaiser even got in on this. It, it it was pretty wild. A lot of stuff went down. Then uh, the commissioner of the Intergeekdom League, Emma Fife, got on and approved this match. So we will be seeing Jay Washington versus Kevin Smets in an Intergeekdom match sometime, hopefully soon. I'm actually really uh, really interested to see. Uh, if if Jay still got it, so uh, Kevin Smith in his first match, he he was dominant, and he's been real dominant over in the fan leagues. So uh, Jay's got his work cut out for him, but he's no slouch either. So I'm excited to see uh, what comes of this match. There was also an announcement that the free for all will be the last Los Angeles live event for quite a while. Uh, Christian put this out via his Twitter. I'm assuming it's because of how difficult it has been to get people to to get ticket to buy tickets. You know, we've had like the New York event and even the Chicago event. They sold tickets like rapid fire right off the bat within the first couple of days, and it just seems like with the LA shows, they the fans out there just kind of milk it because they take for granted, oh, there'll be another show in Los Angeles. I can catch the next one. Well, guys, now is the time you want to make you want to make sure you get tickets for the free for all because it's going to be the last one in in Los Angeles for a while. So make sure you get your tickets now. Uh, he also announced that the next live event date will be May eighteenth. There's no other uh, details about it, but May eighteenth will be uh, the next live event. Then, on uh, for any of you out there who listen to Collider Live. Uh, it's a show on Collider that Christian hosts. I do another podcast on here called After Live where I uh, kind of break down the week uh, in Collider Live. 
Christian actually, a lot of times he, you know, he kind of drops some Schmodown bombs on there. And uh, there are a few things that he dropped during Collider Live this past week that I wanted to kind of touch on. Uh, the first one is that Christian confirmed that he will be bringing in uh, some more, a couple more people from the fan leagues. So keep an eye out for that. As we've seen, you know, we've had Chance Ellison, Paul Oyama, Kevin Smets. These guys have all come from the fan leagues. So keep an eye out for Christian knows what he's looking for and he knows talent when he sees it. So if he thinks that these people are, are worthy enough to come in to the Schmodown, that's someone you want to look out for. He also mentioned that they might be considering doing a Pokemon exhibition match sometime in the future, which could be kind of interesting, as well as you know other television-themed uh, exhibition matches. I know he he mentioned uh, the possibility of like a game or uh, yeah, like a Game of Thrones type of one, stuff like that, which I I think would be awesome. I talked about it on last week's show. I think that would be fantastic to see uh, some TV themed. Uh, exhibition matches, kind of like a almost like I said before, like almost like a television, like a TV league, but not really a league. They're just like monthly or bi-monthly exhibition matches, maybe Patreon only, so it could kind of entice people to join the Patreon, something like that. I think I, I I'm actually really really excited for that. And also uh, announced is that JTE may be making his return to the movie trivia showdown soon, sometime during this season. Possibly even at the free for all, it was hinted that that is a possibility, but there was no confirmation uh, on that. If uh, if you want to hear more uh, stuff like this, make sure to be checking out Collider Live and check my, check out my podcast After Live uh, every week. On usually, I drop that Friday or Saturday. All right, next up is Inside Schmodown. This week's guest was Stacy Howard. The sassy one herself, the newest member of Corruption. That's right. We have a brand new member of Mike Kalinowski's stable Corruption in Stacy Howard. She left the Viper Squad and, and you know she left Jay Washington on the curb to join up with uh, a, a, a better team, I'd say, uh, a more ferocious team, I'd say. Uh, she talked a lot, you know, a bit about you know taking on Mark Ellis, which was a, a fantastic match. It was a career highlight for her, definitely. Uh, she talked about how Jay Washington failed her as a manager and why she went with Mike and Corruption. Uh, and she also put out there that she wants a partner. You know, she wants to get back into teams. How oh, maybe Grace Hancock could uh, step into the ring finally, have the two fiery redheads of Corruption. Uh, taking on on some of the teams out there in, in the Schmodown. I think that could be interesting. She proclaims that 2019 will be the year of the sassy one. I am excited to see what comes from Stacy Howard. Let me know what you guys think. Did you guys uh, watch this episode? If not, hop on over to YouTube and check out Inside Schmodown. Hosted by Ken Knapsack. He is amazing. It's like Sports Center for the Schmodown. I dig it. And Stacy, they always have great guests. This week, Stacey Howard was fantastic. Let me know what you thought of this week's episode of Inside Schmodown. Then we get on to what everybody's here to talk about, and that is the Schmodown Throwdown. That is right. This is 
the first of the live stream double uh, double features that they will be doing called the Schmodown Throwdown. I am so excited. The first match was the Odd Couple, who is uh, Jeff Snyder and Mark Andreco, versus the Scream Queens, Haley Fouch and Kaylin Corgan. This was quite a match. So the opening scene, we got a, a FaceTime call between Jeff Snyder and Roxy Stryer. Roxy claims that she got a frantic call from Emma, telling her to meet her, but when she got there, it was just an abandoned building. Jeff says that he believes this is the doing of Grace Hancock. Roxy says she tried to call the number back because she wanted to know who it was, and because it obviously wasn't Emma's phone. So here's what I have to say about this. Why would you have thought it was Emma in the first place then? If you, you say that you got a call, not a text, that you got a call, which means that you heard the voice. Whether you answered the call or it was a voicemail, they didn't actually specify. Even if it was a voicemail, you get the call, you hear the voice. If it's not Emma's voice, why do you assume it's Emma? If it's not coming from Emma's phone and it's not Emma's voice... Why would you assume that it was Emma? That was so like this this kind of scene. I, I felt like it just didn't quite work. Um, it, it felt a bit faulty. They I feel like they could have I don't know just written it better. I guess kind of even if it was like you know Emma texted me and told her told me to meet her here uh, for you know for whatever reason. Maybe she needed to borrow somebody's phone because something happened to her phone and that could explain why the phone was wasn't hers. But saying it was a call and then saying that you called back to find out who it was when you already heard the voice and you should know that it wasn't Emma then. I don't know. It just it, it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't quite work for me. Um, I think it was one of the weaker ones that they've done. Uh, like I said, I think it would have made a lot more sense for it to be a text. And also, I gotta say, I love Roxy. She's awesome. But her acting in this was not very good. Sorry to say, Roxy. Not your best performance here, but I love you anyways. Then they get, uh, you know, into the kind of like pre-part of the match. You get Christian and Ellis at the table doing their thing. They do a nice little shout-out to the late, great Brody Stevens, their friend, great comedian. If you guys don't know who he is, go check out Brody Stevens on YouTube. You can find videos there. Uh, so, yeah, the... That you know he he passed away recently, and uh, so it was nice of nice to hear them just kind of give him that shout out. So then to get into the match, we have the Scream Queens who are two and zero undefeated in season five, and the Odd Couple two and one with one knockout. Scream Queens come out first. You get Sam Levine come out on on a phone. He's on his cell phone. He says that he's up for a role in a Scream reboot. And when he asks the person on the phone, well, you know, when does it start? All of a sudden, two people dressed in the ghost face costume come out and just start stabbing him to death. And of course, it's Haley and Kaylin. This was a fun little uh, little entrance to do. I love that they kind of got they got you know the the singles commissioner uh, in in on this. You know, the actor of the group. I thought it was really fun. I was really excited to see. Uh, to, to, to see this, I love Scream, and I think it really fit with with them, with the with the Scream Queens. So I thought that was perfect. Then uh, the Odd Couple came out next. Jeff came out 
also wearing a ghost face costume, which I thought was funny. Pulls off the mask. There's a leather face mask underneath. It, it was just Jeff being Jeff. He's a weird dude, and he, he likes to mess around. I thought it was pretty funny. All right, so then we start the match off. And this is really going through it. This this first round is the odd couples round. It really is. But really, no one does particularly well throughout this round. Uh, the Heck, the first question alone, only Jeff gets it right. So, you know, right there you're starting off kind of bad. Kalen does not do well. There are, what, one, two, three, four, eight questions total. And so it's a possible 16 points total, eight for each player. Kalen only manages to score two points out of the possible eight that she could have gotten. Haley only gets four, so, you know, for six points total. And Mark and Draco only gets three. This is this is something that I, I was shocked to see. You got Jeff over here getting six six out of eight points. So he actually did really well uh, dur- during this round. He did really well, uh, so I was happy to see that. But... The, the poor performance from the other three competitors, I was shocked to see that. It was just a non-eventful round. Uh, question three was probably like the most eventful thing that happened during the whole thing. Uh, the question, it was something like, in Castaway, what is on the package that like, Tom Hanks' character doesn't open or, or something like that, Whatever, however it was phrased. And nobody knew what it was. They all, even the even Christian and, and and Ellis acted like this was a hard question, and I got it right away. I haven't seen Castaway in years. I don't even know when last. Probably a decade since I've seen Castaway. But I knew right away that it was Angel's Wings because that's how you know that's the whole end of the movie. He takes the package and he he finds he goes to that address and he sees the angel wings on the mailbox so he knows this is the right place i don't know i i just i was shocked that nobody got that uh that question correct it was it was real shocking to me so that we end round 1 9 to 6 like i said snyder did decent but no really no one did did particularly well during that round it was kind of a lackluster round and we head into round 2 Odd couple, odd couple defers to Scream Queens who spin new releases and they stay. They actually do pretty decent here. Uh, they get eight out of a possible twelve. They they get uh, four of their questions. They hit for the two points. Boom. The other two questions they go multiple choice and miss both times and allow the odd couple to steal one point both times. So really, they they only go up six points, but. Since they were down three, you know they did. They needed to get up a bit, so they end their portion of the round of round two, eleven to fourteen. Odd couple goes in and spins uh, spinner's choice. Jeff gets spinner's choice, and they pick Matthew McConaughey. I thought it was kind of a weird pick, but you know what? It, it worked for him because they ended up answering five out of the six questions for a total of eight points out of the possible twelve. Uh, you know, they went to multiple choice three times. One of the times they missed. And luckily for them, Scream Queens was not able to capitalize on that miss. So at the end of round two, it winds up 19 to 14. 
nothing really crazy went down during this round. No big controversies or anything like that. So, you know, there's really not a whole lot to talk about there. Then we get into round three. And the Scream Queens are up first. They answer their two-point question. And then they miss their three and their five, giving the odd couple the win via a TKO, 19-16. to 16. This was a very uneventful uh, a match for the Scream Queens, unfortunately. It was not their best showing. Even in the uh, the exit interviews, they talk about, you know, ring rust. It's been a while since they've competed, and there's definitely ring rust, but they, they seem confident that they want to get back in there, so I'm excited to see them, uh, you know, kind of work their way back up. They said they just needed, you know, more preparation, studying, and all that. So I'm excited to see them them come back. It was a rough, the rough loss, but I'm glad to see that they're not they're not just gonna give up. Uh, and as Haley said, I I too would love to see them face off against the Wildberries. I gotta say, most teams I would love to see face off against the Wildberries, mainly because I just love watching the Wildberries do their Wildberry thing. Another thing about this match that I noticed, you know, like I said, talking about ring rust and stuff. Kaylin didn't seem to quite understand the urgency of time in this match. You know, they'd be counting down and she'd be sitting there, sitting there. And, like, there were a couple of points where he was like, okay, you got to put the pen down. You know, Kaylin, you got to put the pen down. Or, like, it would count to five and she would be trying to get the, like, still trying to say the answer after the five count. So it's like she, she, I don't know if it's just because it's been a while but she needs to kind of get on top of that time. You have to really pay attention to the clock uh, and to how much time is left and how, when they're counting down. And you got to have a sense of urgency. She's like, oh, I got to make this answer. You got to use your JTE rules if you need more time. Uh, now, so with this win, the odd couple are now heading to Chicago to face off against Who's the Boss in a number one contenders match. And that will take place at Star Wars Celebration on April 13th. So I am excited for that one. And now we get into match two, the main event of the Schmodown Throwdown. Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel Cushing in an inner geekdom title match. This match was a knockdown, drag out, just like beatdown for both of these two competitors. It is it is probably one of the best matches I have seen. If not, you know, in a long time, if not in the entirety of the Schmodown, and is a definite contender for best match of the year. If it, I, if there's a match better than this throughout the rest of the year, oh man, I can't wait to see that match. I got, I, I, I it's it's gonna be nuts. So let's get into it. Opening scene. Okay, so for those of you who don't know. For those of you maybe who watched this uh, during the live stream, there was a completely different scene here. Uh, Christian went on and he talked about how they they accidentally put in the wrong cutscene because you know they got to film these things, you know they get them ready for for the shows, and they put in the wrong cutscene. Now I'm not going to talk about that cutscene. Because it's it's not part of this show. It's not. It wasn't meant to be seen. 
Uh, so I'm not going to go into details and spoil it because it, it's, it's a scene that is, I think, supposed to be used later on. But that was something that happened. So when I, because I watched the live stream version and then I go back and I watch it again so I can take notes and, and see what the differences are. Uh, I did that during the New York show, and I'm glad I did because there were differences, you know, some editing differences, some things like, for instance, uh, the challenge that was made during the New York live event. You didn't actually get – during the, the live stream, you got to see uh, Rachel come up on stage and talk. they talk through the challenge and everything. But when you uh, when they released it on YouTube, that was cut out and they you know just like they normally do on a regular show, So, which makes sense. So I always, you know, I, I've, I've decided that I will always go back and rewatch to see what the differences are and, and, and all that. So this was one of those differences. Um, so for this scene, the scene that's meant to be there, the one that is now there for everybody to see, opens up. Uh, Andrew Guy enters a building, cocky as always. And you got Robert Meyer Burnett. He's there to greet him. Uh, and then up, wa- they're talking, and then up walks Ben Bateman, Guy's former teammate from Team Action. They have some words with one another. Bateman says he can't wait to play Guy and kick his ass. Guy claims that that ain't gonna happen yet. And then comes Emma. Emma Fife walks in and says that they will be facing off against one another. But not in singles. In teams. She is the commissioner of the teams league as well as the inner geekdom. So this whole show, you know, she, she's got some ties into it with the first match and now and then now with this whole uh, uh, opening scene. Guy, she she tells everybody that they get to choose their partners. Now, for Guy, obviously he needs a new partner, and he obviously picks Robert Meyer Burnett. It makes total sense. That's who he's been running with here. That's the whole thing. It would have been weird if he had picked someone other than, than, than Burnett. But for Bateman, I assumed that since he's already in a team, that he would have picked Riley. Because, you know, it's who's the boss. But he didn't. Instead, he picks Tom Dagnino. Finstock himself. You know, it's uh, Robert Meyer Burnett's former uh, stable manager when he was in the Horsemen, or not in the Horsemen, when he was in the Lions then. Uh, so it, it just seems like a weird pairing. I mean, obviously Dagnino is, is who's the boss's uh, manager right now, so it's not like they're not in league with one another. But to have him as your com- competition teammate... It just seems odd because he's never really proven himself to be all that good. He's okay, but he's not all that good. Uh, so I think this will be definitely be interesting to see. Um, as Tom and Burnett are bickering at one another, you see Andrew Guy leans over and whispers something to Emma. What's going on there? They don't explain that. What is happening? Is Guy trying to uh, to influence Emma? Is Emma turning dark? Does he have something? Is this a whole, a whole new Torah sort of corruption angle? I hope not. I, I want to know what's going on. So I, I, let's hope that uh, they, they don't let Emma be persuaded by the dark side that is Andrew Guy. All right. So now let's get into this. The stats for this match. Rachel Cushing... Four and three with three knockouts. 
And Mike Kalinowski also 4-3, and three, but with two knockouts. These are the inner geekdom stats. So these do not include like teams or singles or anything like that. It's just their inner geekdom stats. An interesting stat that I saw is that Mike Kalinowski has never defeated Rachel Cushing. He is 0-2 against Rachel, Cush- Rachel Cushing at this point. You know, so I thought that was really interesting. He, had, he going into this match, he had a lot. He had a lot to lose going into this match. He would, you know, if he if he loses the match, he loses his title, and he continues to to be defeated by Rachel Cushing. It's another defeat. It's another. It's somebody who he has never beaten. So this going into this match, it was a definite. I think there was more pressure, uh, in a way, more pressure on Mike. Uh, but you know, Rachel had a lot. A lot on stake here as well, you know. If she win, you know, if she, you know, if she wins the match, she becomes the first ever double belted woman. She becomes the first ever uh, teams and inner geekdom double belted champion. You know, this it's it's big. So uh, you know, both of these players have have a lot on stake here uh, during this match. So Rachel comes out first with Clark. You know, she she comes out just normal, no big, big entrance or anything like that. And I kind of like that she's been doing that, getting back to basics. She pulls out a picture, like a a headshot of Mike, and she rips it up. And then she does the crush maneuver that that she's famous for, which I love. And then Mike comes out next. Uh, He comes out with his whole crew. We got Chance Ellison, Ken Knapsack, Grace Hancock, and the newest member, like I said earlier, Stacey Howard. They all come out. You know, they all get settled, and we hop right in to round number one. And this round, it's real, real tight. You know, so they're going back and forth. But one of the things that stuck out to me right off the bat is question number two. Uh, The question is, who plays Han Solo in Solo, A Star Wars Story? And the answer, of course, is Alden Ehrenreich. And Mike totally botched the spelling of Alden Ehrenreich. And it makes me wonder, would he have pronounced it correctly if he had gone first? Because Rachel answered the question first, and she had it spelled right. He had it spelled Adlin, and then it, you could almost not read the rest of it. It, it, was, it was pretty bad. Uh, he needs to, really does need to work on his pen, penmanship. Rachel's penmanship is fantastic. Uh, but Mike definitely needs to work on his. So, yeah, it makes me wonder. There was no challenge or anything. There was no controversy uh, inside of the match. Nothing happened there. But it makes me wonder if he would have actually gotten the question right had he gone first. I don't know. Then the third question comes around. Uh, and the question is, in Batman and Robin, what does Mr. Freeze modify into a freeze ray to cover all of Gotham in ice? Mike says, the Gotham Observatory... And then Rachel answers, telescope. Now, Mike did not get the point, and, and I, after a little bit of thought, opted not to challenge. I'll be honest, I think I would have challenged here, because the telescope is part of the observatory. You know, that's where he goes. Now, I understand it says, you know, what did he modify, so maybe they would have stuck him on a technicality, but I, I think I would have I would have risked the challenge here. Um, you know, they may not have given it to him, but I think it would have been worth trying because like I said, the observatory, that's, that's the housing for the telescope. 
You know, you have to go. Really, you're you're modifying the observatory as well, not just the telescope. I don't know. I think I think it would have been worth worth, worth going into. Uh, and then they, you know, they just kind of they go for it. You know, they hit the, the the next six questions. You know, boom, 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 and then we get on to the tenth and final question. Uh, and, and they both hit that one, and it gives Rachel a perfect round. This is fantastic to see. This is what you, you know, for those out there rooting for Rachel, you know, she has been, she has been eyeing this belt for a long time. She has gotten so close, so many times to winning a belt, to winning a singles belt of some sort, whether it be the actual singles belt or, or, uh, uh, the inner geekdom belt, that seeing her get hit the perfect round is is just it it filled my heart with joy to see that so then she got a bonus question and the bonus question was uh what page does snape tell the class to turn to in harry potter and prisoner of azkaban she takes her time and she answers 394 and there's a little bit of a pause and i'm like I have no flipping idea what the answer to this question is. This is like a ridiculous, deep cut type of a question for like true Harry Potter fans. And she nailed it. This was, this is one of those things I honestly could see uh, as as like a moment of the year type of a thing. Because this, to me, this really stood out. This was a fantastic moment to see like a pull beyond a pull it i think that was it was fantastic so we ended round one eight to eleven mike is down three points already at the end of round one it's not looking good for the champ we get into round two rachel cushing defers and then uh mike spins marvel movies decides he's, he's not he's not looking for that and he respins and hits what he wants dceu so, you know, he's the host of the DC Movie News podcast, so it makes sense he would want, you know, he is a big DC guy, so I get that. So we go into uh, his five questions, right off the bat, first question, misses. So it's like, oh man, this is not good. And on top of that, Rachel steals for two points. He, he doesn't go to multiple choice, he, he goes straight in for uh, the answer and misses and it cost him big. Luckily, he's able to answer the remainder of his questions. Though he he did uh, mispronounce uh, uh, Jaimin Hanzu as Digimon Hanzu. But they gave him the points anyway. Because it's a tough one, I think. And he went multiple choice on question 5. So he ends up gaining 7 out of a possible 10 points. While giving away a 2 point steal. Uh, ending his portion of the round 15 to 13, which not great. Then Rachel spins DC movies, decides that's not what she wants, and respins and hits Star Trek. Okay, now I have seen Rachel play in this game quite a bit. She is good at Star Trek. Don't sleep on it. Anytime she hits Star Trek, she tends to kill it. And it's no different here as she just kills her entire set of questions and sweeps the board for 10 out of 10 points. It is insane. And this is exactly why we need to get a Star Trek uh, exhibition match 
Rachel Cushing, Scott Mance, Jason Inman if he's got the time, and if there's anybody else out there who's really good at Star Trek, let's get them in. I think that would be a fascinating match to see. So, like I said, Rachel sweeps, ends the ends round two, 15 to 23. At the end of round two, Mike is down by eight points going into the betting round. And if this was a normal three-round three match, that would be the end. There would be no coming back from something like that. But when you have a five-round match, anything is possible. So we go into round three. They spin the category, the DCEU. Mike bets two points, while Rachel bets three. Mike hits it, and Rachel does not, which swings the score five total points, giving ending the match 17, or ending that round 17 to 20. Mike goes from an eight-point deficit to a three-point deficit. That is something, man. Uh... And just imagine, you know, if he had if he had wagered that three points, he would be, you know, he would have been up another. So then we go into round four. That's the speed round, and Mike must have some magic hands because he literally hits the buzzer for every single question, and he's able to answer four out of the five questions. So you know, he gets one wrong, he picks up three points total out of round two tying the game. So, after round two, he had an eight-point deficit. And then two rounds later, he is tied. He has made up that deficit and tied the game going into the final round. Round five, we they just go back and forth. Rachel hits her two. Mike hits his two. And they just go back and forth. They hit. They both sweep their, their, their questions. Ten points for each of them. The game is tied. 30 to 30, and they go into sudden death. This has been an insane match going through the entirety of this. Now, here's something that I want to point out. Like I said, it is at this point, 30 to 30. If Mike had bet three points during round three, he would have won right here because he would have had an extra point and it would have been 31 to 30. He would have won the match and retained his title right here. Instead, we are in sudden death. The question comes up. It's a Star Wars question. And Mike was so close. He missed by one letter. He answered Ninko. And the answer was Ninka with an A. And now Rachel Cushing is the new inner geekdom champion this is monumental it is amazing i am so happy for her i love mike but rachel she is by far probably one of the best players in this game hands down it's it's amazing she is now the first inner geekdom team's double champ and like i said the first female double champ Rachel Cushing is also the only player to play in a title match in each of the three main divisions, the singles, the teams, and the inner geekdom. This is amazing. She is setting records over here. And she has also now beaten Mike Kalinowski three times, undefeated against him. Let's keep that going. This was such a phenomenal match. 
Uh, like I said, I guarantee this will be a, a nominee for Best Match of the Year. There's no way that this does not get nominated for Best Match of the Year at the end. Mike, in his interview, he says he is not done by a long shot. He is ready. He 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 he's ready to to get back in there. He will take Rachel on again. He 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 is gonna get his title back. He you know he understands that he lost on his own you know of, of his own accord. He even says you know he takes diligent notes when he's studying for this. And he, in his notebook, he wrote down Ninko instead of Ninka. So it is, you know, he, he, he puts the blame on himself. He understands that. And he understands that Rachel played a phenomenal game. So dur- during Rachel's interview, Christian's daughter, who was in the audience during this show, comes out and, and, and sees Rachel. She is a huge fan of Rachel. He's talked about it, I know, on Collider Live before and other things, How just how much of a fan uh, of of Rachel Cushing, his daughter is. It's it's so cute. She was so so cute on screen. So nervous. It was really it was really fun to see. Um. So like I said, Mike said he was he was open. He wants Rachel again. He he is ready to take her on again. Rachel said if he wants to be beaten a fourth time, bring it. She's ready to take him on again, and she will do it whenever. I could see something like this going on uh, during maybe San Diego Comic-Con or something like that. I could definitely see that. So that wraps up everything for, for, for the matches. That was a, a fantastic show. The, the Schmodown Throwdown, I am super excited. Now, I don't know if this is going to be uh, like a once-a-year thing, the Schmodown Throwdown, or if the throwdown is going to be something that they do a bit more regularly, just as a, a in-studio, live, double feature kind of a thing. You know, like how they have, you know, Raws and Smackdowns and stuff like that on WWE all the time. It could be something that is, re- you know, a bit more regular. I don't know what their plans are for it. It makes me think that it, it, it feels more like an event, like a pay-per-view event sort of thing because of that. So I, I I feel like it will probably not be uh, all the time. It might just be once a year, which is fine if that's the case. I'm totally cool with them doing uh, more more events like that, more like smaller pay per view style events, um, and then having like their big four or whatever throughout the year as well, just like the WWE does. So I think that that's a better probably a better way to go. All right, like I said, that wraps up the, you know everything for this week. And coming up this week, we actually will get to see that Andrew Guy and Robert Meyer Burnett versus uh, Ben Bateman and Tom Dagnino tag team match that actually is on Patreon right now for the two, $2 and up patrons and will uh, hit tomorrow for all patrons. And then we'll drop on Thursday on YouTube for, for the public. So like I said, that'll be Andrew Guy and Robert Meyer Burnett versus Ben Bateman and Tom Dagnino. And we will also get William Bibiani versus Lon Harris. And the winner will play Ethan Irwin plus a uh, to-be-determined competitor in a triple threat number one contenders match. This is fascinating. So it's, it's, it's William Bibiani versus Lon Harris. The winner will, it'll be Ethan Irwin and then the winner of uh, John Roca and Mark Andreco. So that's going to be fascinating. 
I'm I'm really excited for that, and that's on Friday, and that will be up for the public to view on YouTube on Friday. Uh, and we will also get a new episode of Inside Schmodown later today with guest Ben Bateman. So be sure to check out that. I will be back next week to talk about everything in the world of the Schmodown. So thank you everybody for checking uh, out the show. I, I I love doing this. I love talking about the Schmodown. Please uh, go on social media and follow me. I'm at Merck with a movie blog on uh, Facebook and then at movie blog Merck on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow my site, www.merkwithamovieblog.com. And also go check out my other site. It's dccomicsnews.com. It's at dccomicsnews on Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, Tumblr, Facebook, all those places. And I also have a, a, a podcast over there for that. I'm building a podcast network over there. It's the DC Comics News Podcast Network on uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Make sure that you subscribe to all of that, to the DC Comics News, and to the Merc with a Movie Blog podcast to keep up to date with After Live and Talking Schmodown. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been Talking Schmodown. <laughs>